On today's show, we're going to break down the new CBA and how it affects the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's all coming up today on Locked on Cavs for Thursday, April 6th. You are Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. That's Evan Damerel. I'm Chris Manning. Jake Stevens, our producer, pre-save his music under the mirror on Spotify. The music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astro Radio. Today's show is going to be all about the NBA CBA. So there is a new collective bargaining agreement between the owners and the players. The Cavs obviously do play a game on Thursday. They will play in Orlando, but uh, everyone is out. Not everyone because they have to like field an active roster, but here are the players that are out as per the latest news report. Jared Allen, Darius Garland. Karis LeVert, Donovan Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, and Dylan Windler. Uh, so you'll get some Ricky Rubio minutes. You'll get some probably some Sam Marilyn, Mamadi Diakite minutes, Robin Lopez minutes. That's going to be Thursday. The Cavs really have nothing to play for, so this makes sense. They have locked up the four seed. They cannot get up to the three seed. Time to just rest up and get ready for the fun stuff. But the NBA has a new CBA. This will be, it's a seven-year deal with a mutual opt-out after year six. And there's some notable stuff in it. There, there's some stuff that is bigger NBA picture stuff that, you know, you can go read about and, and dive into. I think there's some interesting kind of things in there as far as how it's structured, how guys are going to get paid. Some of the sports betting stuff, I think, is uh, a real can of worms. I think there's been a lot of really interesting writing about it as well. Tom Ziedler, I think, really wrote a good column about some of his concerns about it. But there are things that directly affect the Cleveland Cavaliers. The biggest one, even in my opinion, is the rookie extension rule change. So this was not in the first kind of leaked out things. And look, we, we should note we don't have we don't have the full mm-hmm. the full CBA is not out yet. And then the cap the the lawyers and the cap nerds have not like kind of run all through it. But as we understand it right now. Uh, one of the things that is in there is that there is now a, there's, there's no longer a restriction that limits teams to two designated Supermax players. The Cavs were the team when Woj reported this out, as did Bobby Marks, that were the big impact because they have Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland all in Supermax deals and Evan Mobley, or Max contracts. Supermax is not quite the right term there. And Evan Mobley is approaching his rookie extension. Now, in talking to people about this, and like, oh, this seems like a big deal for you guys, or big deal to the Cavs and ask people outside the team. The Cavs could have figured this out otherwise. They could have waited a year in Moby's extension. There's, there's ways that this could have worked. But this makes it a lot simpler just to give Evan Moby a ton of money the first moment they can give him a ton of money, which is very, 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 very mm-hmm. likely what they're going to do. Yeah, uh, you shouldn't mess around with money like this, I think. It is interesting just how much money Evan Mobley could make. It could be 25 to 30% of Cleveland's cap space, depending on if he gets all NBA honors. Uh, there's like a Rose rule and everything that goes into place here. Uh, Darius Garland has this caveat as well, if he somehow gets all NBA honors this year. But for Cleveland, you have to have a huge sigh of relief because you acquire Donovan Mitchell, who is a Supermax player. You have Darius Garland already, who is a Supermax player. Those are your two designated guys. And... It's tricky and you have to tread lightly when it comes to Evan Mobley's situation because he is becoming Cleveland's best player very rapidly and you need to pay him like he is your best player. 
And if you're unable to do so because of the uh, limitations within the CBA, it makes it tough. Um, I think this is the wise thing to do. I think this gives teams that are maybe non-glamour markets a little bit more of an advantageous position to retain some of the star talent they've developed. But it'll be interesting to see how it does and how it affects things in the middle and how it smooths things out the process down there. But at the top, I mean, yes, this is just you, you sign Evan Mobley to a Supermax extension right away. I think he's more than earned it at this point. Uh, the defensive upside is already giving you enough benefit of the doubt, but like the potential that's already there, you want to invest in that and ensure that he's just with you for long term if you're the Cavs. I think this just I think the win is that like it just simplifies things, right? This is such a thing now where like again you don't have to wait a year and like time everything correctly and like have buy-in from everyone to make sure that you can just give Evan Obi the contract he he and his camp are surely going to want and then he's probably going to deserve if he's on the trajectory he is on now. And I like this as a thing for the league just because I, I feel like it it no it doesn't punish you for have like doing a really good job drafting or going out and getting really good players. Like we'll talk about the spending stuff because the Cavs at some point I think probably are going to have to figure out how to navigate that upper echelon spending limit if they kind of keep this this core together as it exists. Mm-hmm. But what, what, the thing the thing that I think makes that feels right about this is that it is not like going to limit you if you have like a bunch of really good players and drafted them in multiple years like the, the Cavs like would have been in a spot because they decided hey we're going to get Donovan Mitchell like hey like we already have Evan Moby Darius Garland it would have made it like harder in principle to like make that work now they said again yeah. like I think they would have figured it out like that's the optimism that I kind yeah, of heard about yeah. that but it's like the, there there were avenues to figure teams. it out like yeah with Mitchell's contract and Mobley's contract as well like you could there's a lot it's a lot more complicated this just makes it a lot more simpler of a process yeah that's what i said but it's like it now you don't have to like wait for mitchell to opt out and then like just navigate everything it just makes it easier and like if other teams are in the situation if other teams draft potential like all-star all-nba guys like they'll be in the same position i i think that's like i think that's good and like it's like a broader basketball thing if the thunder can keep their guys together if the Cavs mm-hmm. can keep their guys together if the Jazz go on a run streak of developing really good players. If whomever the, the next team is that puts together like a, a ton of young studs, I, I think this is good. I absolutely agree. I think this is just beneficial if you're any of these small market teams. And I know Cleveland has the appeal of just star players and being in the playoffs compared to like, I know Oklahoma City's kind of in the hunt for the play-in. But you look at teams like that, you look at teams like San Antonio, um, uh, Sacramento makes a lot of sense too now that they can kind of navigate that situation a little bit more less than delicately like they're able to pay their guys too because like Sabonis is in line to get a massive extension for them too don't know if it's super max yeah, but, but they but, can give him they can give him that 140% raise which for the Cavs like maybe that's a Jared Allen thing maybe they could say yeah. hey we'll give you the 140% raise yeah so there's a lot of things that have opened up for a lot of smaller market teams and I think in the inverse of it too so I pull a hair off my camera lens um we can talk about this a little bit more in the next segment. We can just start to start to dive into it now, but there's interesting rules and limitations in terms of just like salary cap stuff and just like the flexibility and wiggle room because it, it smooths things out in the middle where you're not going to see teams and the, the teams that are mentioned specifically are like the Clippers or the Warriors who just have like an overabundance of depth and wealth in terms of veterans players. And these players are not, I wouldn't say forced, but I kind of forced to kind of talk shop with teams like the Clevelands or the Sacramento's, the Oklahoma cities of the world to kind of round things out and raise the entire floor of the NBA. Whereas you just have like five or six contending teams, you might have a 
a, a bigger field at the end of the day. We'll do the money in segment two. I want to, I would want to ask you just kind of one last question about this, and it's about Mobley just to kind of hit this nail directly in the head. He's going to be worth like the uh, uh, he's just going to get a max, right? Like that's where we're headed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if Zion Williamson got a super max with just the lack of repetition because of health issues, I think Evan Mobley's a no-brainer. And let me ask you this: Do you think it's going to be a twenty-five percent of the Cavs cap space or a thirty percent of the Cavs cap space situation? Because I see him getting all defensive and all NBA honors within this year and next year. I think it's. I mean, it would have to be in the time that the extension is kicking we, in. Yeah, and like we need to see. I want to. This is one of the things that we just don't know. I think like he'll. He's going to be good enough to be eligible for that. I think that's like yeah. Four like, can I be competitive. I, center like center can be competitive, but like. He will be good enough. I think the question is oh. also just like, are there other CBA things? But that... my friend. Oh, it's, well, it's all position, NBA it's is positionless, positionless now. Yeah, but that so, that almost that almost might make it harder. That's true, but all there's NBA a clear... might be harder. Yeah, there there it could be more difficult just because it's across the board. But there is at least a path for Mobley to kind of get it in yeah. a little bit more cleanly. But I don't know. I I, I see him. Commanding thirty percent of Cleveland's salary cap room just because he's that freaking good. Yeah, I mean, I I think he'll. How that works out, I think will be fascinating. Again, I just there's more stuff about the CBA. Just like this is a massive document, we need to see more of it. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Grocery, school shopping, and getting a little something for yourself. Well, we know you're already doing it, so why not ca- get cash back for it with Ibotta? You can earn cash back on every shopping trip. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce and personal care to pantry goods. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year in real cash back. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. A typical basket of groceries over $50 more expensive at the end of 22 than the beginning of the year due to inflation. You could earn two times that cash back in Ibotta from Ibotta. Or even more depending on how much you use Ibotta. Ibotta gives you real cash back, not points. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back. You can, ca- you can cash out your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You're going to cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the promo code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That is Ibotta in the Google Play or App Store and use that code LOCKED. So the other, the next thing about the CBA that I that is not an immediate concern for the Cavs because Evan Mobley mm-hmm. will be in his rookie contract for a couple more years. Correct. Darius Garland's extension is just kicking in. Like Mitchell's still on like a, a an older contract that is not, you know, tied to this newer cap. I think for two more years. Mm-hmm. So they have this upper spending limit. This is really aimed at like the the biggest teams that are going to spend a lot as a second line above cap that if you go above that line you can no longer among other things like you don't have emily anymore either taxpayer otherwise i can can read them all off right now i have it in front of me hit me so if you go above the luxury there's a 17.5 million like wiggle room spot for teams now and if you go above that you lose the ability to use the taxpayer mid-level exception you can no longer utilize cash and trades you can no longer move first round picks and draft seven years away 
You cannot sign free agent players in the buyout market, and you cannot take on more money than is being sent out in trades. So you have to do equivalent exchange there. Um, that kind of kneecaps you a little bit if you're obviously a contending team, but I am a fan of this rule. But like, you go ahead on your roll there. That's that's the that's what you lose when you go above this little wiggle room that the that the NBA is implementing. So like Dante DiVincenzo could have gone to the Warriors. Joe Ingles could have gone to the Bucks. Like that the those the Clippers couldn't have signed John Wall. I think you know can impact the, other. The- Clippers couldn't have traded from Norman Powell last year. Yeah. Like, so there's all these other things that are going to impact you. And, and part of me, I, I'm of two minds on this because I, I think, I think for on one hand, this is protecting a class of owners that doesn't exist in the NBA anymore. Like, I, we're, I agree. We're, like, like, like we're getting mad at Sheba. We're getting Steve Ballmer. Like we're getting owners that are like, let me throw some money around and spend I mean, to make my team good. And like, honestly, the, the, that's, the, that's good. The That's owner good. of the subject matter of the that we talk about five days a week is one of the wealthiest owners in basketball and all of yeah. sports too. Yeah, he's incredibly rich. Dan Gilbert is incredibly rich. Like these guys are not necessarily like hurting for money. Like we're getting a class of no. owner, particularly if they're gonna allow like in foreign investment, and we'll see what that looks like. We're gonna keep getting people with lots of money. This is protecting like mom and pop owners and like Herb Simons of the world, right? Like this is not protecting like. Well, Herb Simon's uh, is, on the way out too, right? But this, is, but I'm saying like that. This is a dying class of ownership. This is not like this. This it's, is it's it's it's, uh, it's the bus family who qualify for PPP. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay, during like, the pandemic. Like so, like honestly, like if teams want to like take send out more, take in more money, and like spend more money, I'm very very good with that. I don't think that We're like I think that's society. good. I I but I also understand like the NBA is going for some kind of parity. I just. I don't really know. I this just feels like a this just feels like something to me, Evan. That is, I think, trying to like overcorrect on a on a problem. And I'm cu- I'm also curious to see. This is another thing. We there's all these reported possible exceptions for like middle class mm-hmm. salaries that they're trying to kind of bring back. It's hard for me to have like a fully formed opinion of this until we see what those exceptions are and what the mechanisms of those are. It's fascinating because you can sign second round picks without using any of your exceptions. You can add guys to a, you, there's a third two way player that's coming to rosters now too. Like there's a lot of small stuff that teams can do, but I'm, I am fascinated to see how most of, if not all of these teams that are already kind of being targeted here, you know, the Milwaukee's, the uh, golden States, the Clippers of the world. Um, and also Cleveland, who's kind of on the up and up because I crunched the numbers the other day for right down Euclid. And when Mobley's extension kicks in, uh, Garland and Mitchell will still be on the books. And so Allen, that's a roughly $139.5 million just combined between those four players. And I just assume based on percentages, like it'll be the same raise over the next few years as well in terms of the salary cap. That means it's the cap is $155.5 million, The luxury tax threshold being $188.2 million. That's only four players on Cleveland's roster. And let's just assume you sign Isaac Okoro to an extension. That's five. You got to round out the rest of your bench depth and rotation. There'll be draft picks, guys on cost-controlled deals, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. But it'll be fascinating to see how teams navigate this because maybe it is a bit of an overcorrection. But I do think about like, okay, it would be entertaining at least that you're watching two higher quality teams um, at the end of the day. But you're also just not seeing the same issues as before because they flatten the uh, lottery odds uh, for the top four picks instead of top three because of Philly shamelessly tanking during the process. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that was 
a bit of an overcorrection, but it makes sense now because you're seeing players go to like a more diverse uh, roster of teams at the end of the day. But maybe this is just the counterpoint to kind of bring everybody at the top closer to the middle as you're already trying to bring everybody at the bottom closer to the middle. So it's just a more of competitive, conducive product one through 30. I'm, I, I just, I don't do people, do we like, do we want it just is parody like actually like achievable like i understand there's been more no, parody in league this year. like this is it's the thing not. it's like let 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 us see like we want to see dynasties we want to see teams like being the have the most chance the most chances to win possible and like i i i think there's going to be something just sort of lost to this and like i i understand like that Adam Silver's whole thing for a long time has been like trying to figure out parody and trying to figure out like a way to keep things balanced. I just, it doesn't feel like that is where the league money wise feels embedded. Like we are going to get a massive new TV deal that I think is going to push the money to be even further. There are like things out there that I think are uncomfortable about where the money in the league is going. I think RSNs, what happens with that is like a massive story still kind of unfolding in ways we don't understand yet. I think the foreign investment fund stuff is going to be like a really big thing, and we'll see what that looks oh, like. Absolutely, like, like they're already playing games in Saudi Arabia and Qatar. That money well, they, will yeah, they played the game to the NBA they, soon. Yeah, enough. they they played them with the game, the preseason game in Qatar. Giannis and it was Giannis and Trey's team. They have not done a Saudi game, I believe yet. But like, if you told me there's yeah, like, I think a, it's on the docket though. Uh, let's fact check that because that feels like we should have that like nailed down. You say it, but the the. Like, I think you could see, like, you're going to see at some point, like, a team take, like, a, a Qatar Airways, like, jersey sponsorship. And, like, oh, like I, I or Abu Dhabi, like, thing. Like, that's going to be the kind of thing that we see. You're correct. It's it's just Abu Dhabi and the UAE. They're expanding more in there. My apologies. But still, it's like, a, one of the wealthiest the, countries in the world. Yeah, Saudi, Saudi Arabia is just, like, a, a whole other step considering um, the considering some things that Mahabu bin Salman uh let's say did to a journalist named Joaquin. So like there's like some really complicated stuff with this and the money's gonna get huge. And like I don't think the type of people that are gonna maybe be buying teams like let's just say hypothetically Evan, like Dan Gilbert and his family decided to sell the Cavs or like take like sell a big chunk of ownership because like and 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 say like hey we're gonna keep ten percent but we're gonna sell it to somebody else. The person that is going to have the money to buy that is going to be a, have to be a gazillionaire. I agree with you. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like Matashiba paid a ton of money for the Suns. Um, whoever buys the Washington Commanders is probably going to set the bar even higher. But you think about how much like Dan Gilbert paid for the Cavs and how much they're worth now, or how much Steve Ballmer played, paid for the Clippers and how much more they're worth now. Like the, it's going to be a large sump of cash, sum of cash rather. And I don't see it happening. And I'm on the same boat as you. Like I don't lose any sleep for millionaires and billionaires having spent money because their, uh, their payroll is making them millions and billions of dollars at the end of the day. But I am just, to your point about the dynasty aspect, I am more fascinated to see how teams navigate this and maybe circumvent some of the rules and restrictions being placed into them because there are going to be teams who find ways to play the game and play the system properly and build absolutely loaded rosters 1 through 15 or maybe even 1 through 8 or 9 just to be more realistic. And that's yeah. going to be fascinating for me to watch. And to your other point, like, no, parity won't exist because there's only a handful 
of like super superstar players and not every team can get those unfortunately and those are the guys who really are the true difference makers like the warriors have been running teams ragged one because of the system and basketball socialism but also because steph curry is one of the greatest superstars and greatest shooters in our generation and possibly of all time too like there's a there's precedent for why these teams are kind of built the way they are Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA playoffs are thankfully finally almost here. And now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. There you can build you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I mean, like on it, like you have so so many NBA bets. I might stay away from Cavs Magic on Thursday because I just like Lord knows what what that what that game is was is going to be. Don't know what to tell you. Well, you know, the Magic that one at all aren't resting anyone, so it's gonna be a basketball game for sure. Yeah, and if you look at like let's say you look at MVP right now, Jan, you. you Joel Embiid is up to a minus 1,000 favorite there. I mean, it feels like he is very locked into that award, so maybe you got him when he was still a plus and they're going to make a little money on a little bet there. But remember, fans need to let you combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. You can go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on. That is FanDuel.com backslash locked on to learn more. Make every moment worth FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, Evan, last thing, one of the last things about the, as far as what we know about the CBA that I like is I really like that they've added the third two-way slot. Oh, I do too. So one of the things that I think the good teams will do, this is like if I was going to make a prediction about a trend we will see in the next, over the course of the CBA, is that the really good teams will take advantage of the fact there isn't a salary cap on practice facilities and coaching staffs and player nutrition and player wellness and player development and all of these things that you can control and spend lots of money on. I understand that this is a business effort and like you're not going to have like these perfect, you know, kind of like budget book, like, hey, like we spent X and got X value out of said player that we originally signed on a two-way deal. But I think mm-hmm. there will be a thing that the teams that are willing to say, we're going to go all in on player development. We're going to go all in on getting guys and scouting and finding guys the second round draft picks, finding guys on, on as UDFAs, those are the teams that are going to succeed. So I, I'm curious to see like how teams approach this third two way. So obviously there is a like labor control, like those guys don't make a ton of money. So that's like good mm-hmm. roster depth. You could look at it that way as well. But I think the teams that like really hammer the development stuff and can focus on some of that, I, I think that'll be good for them. I, I think it's interesting. It's more so for me, like, hey, it might be time for the Portland Trailblazers. I believe they're the only team who doesn't have a G League affiliate, like any of the other. Uh, don't teams. think the don't think the Suns do yet. Or the Suns don't anymore either, because the Pistons bought them. That's correct. They're old affiliate, the North Arizona Suns. That's correct. But like teams like that, because you're 100 percent right. The G League is becoming more competitive. I think we're seeing a lot of young players go through, whether it's through Ignite or you look at like just in the Cavs situation, you have Isaiah Mobley, who's clearly on a path to becoming a role player and a depth player behind his brother and Jared Allen. And then you have guys like Mamadi Diakite, who is showing some interest, at least for the Cavs, maybe keep him around long term. 
Um, you have Dean Wade and uh, Lamar Stevens, who are both two-way success stories for the Cavs. Or you look at teams or organizations like the Heat, who churn out a lot of players from the Sioux Falls Sky Force. And I think just adding that third two-way spot just makes things more interesting. I think that just gives you more opportunities and options for um, signing second-round picks in general. And it, it is interesting to me just because they didn't bring in the uh, one and or they they kept the one and done rule. Like there's they kids still have to go to college. Like high schoolers cannot be drafted yet. And I thought this would have made more sense if they allowed high schoolers to come into the NBA and teams can maybe take a swing with a second-round pick. And then stash them with the G in the G League on a two-way contract and try to stretch this out as long as you can. Cause I don't know how long you can keep a guy on a two-way contract permanently until maybe there's like an age limit or something like that. I don't know the actual terminology in front of me, but that was always interesting to me. But I think this is a good way to go about it because you and I have advocated for a while just the Cavs utilizing the charge as a player development tool, and they're starting to. But I think we're starting to see teams just do this more often where there are guys who grinded out in the G League or they're just development projects from teams like the Denver Nuggets are a good example like they sent a lot of their late first rounders down to the G League to develop and now they're kind of becoming more meaningful impact players as the time as time goes on and like this is a way for maybe contending teams to navigate the new salary cap ramifications against them by utilizing the G League to develop depth and kind of getting them on cheap cost controlled deals it's it's all fascinating and I'm I'm curious to see how teams utilize it because Let's be realistic here. Let's say there's three two-way spots for the Cavs. It's probably Isaiah Mobley, Mamadi Diakite, and Sharif Cooper. Maybe Sam Merrill, if they don't want to sign Sam Merrill to a deal right away. I mean, they so they have Merrill on that deal now. I think it would be like, do you get like some UDFAs and like, do you just like slowly like kind of like, tr- like, do you get like a lot of Kobe Altman specials where there's like a three-year multi-year non-guaranteed for a guy who had a two-way the year before and then you kind of just continually are rotating through and kind of picking who's working yeah. Um. And and who's not? So the other the other things that are notable in the CBA, no more marijuana testing, which is good. Though you may we talked about this in segment one a bit, but there's now the contract extension stuff where you can it's a hundred forty percent extension off the previous number, not one hundred twenty percent. That affects Jalen Brown and Demonis Sabonis most notably right now. But down the line, like that is something if the Cavs want to go to Jared Allen, they can now offer him like more money instead of having him hit the open market to give him whatever his. Maxify might be. I think that that's going to be a, a notable thing for, for a lot of teams. There's investment stuff that is really complicated as well with like them being invest in like funds that like get them involved in teams or like sports betting or other league partners. I think there's some gray area in that, obviously with the sports betting component. Uh, but Evan, uh, well, one on this, just, just let's give our listeners and viewers one thing that you want to see uh, on on Thursday and Thursday night in Orlando. I want to see Danny Green just kind of get some meaningful floor burn out there because J.B. Bickerstaff has said for a while, hey, we want to kind of utilize him more and the opportunities just haven't presented themselves and it's time to uh, pee or get off the pee as uh, the uh, NSFW version of the show would say. So I just want to see if Danny Green just has any gas left in the tank. And hey, maybe he's a dude that the Cavs could kind of turn to as like that ninth, tenth option in the playoffs if he kind of has a little bit of uh, a little bit of something in there. What about you? Uh, I want to see Sam Merrill take like 10 threes and I want to see Robin Lopez take at least two threes. <laughs> Robin Lopez <sighs> practices threes before every single game in his part of the forum routine. Let's let him fly. Let's let him rip. 
There's nothing to play for. This game is like... This game like the is... The Cavs cannot climb higher than four at this point. Yeah. The Knicks locked are in. locked into five. It is time to get a good understanding of these two teams and get your guys that are pretty banged up, like Mitchell, uh, Okoro, and Allen especially. Um some extra time and opportunity to rest. I wonder how the uh, the last regular season game is going to go. Do you see any of these guys, or do they just kind of come out, give players like autographed jerseys and balls, and then just go back into the street clothes and chill? I think it'll be a lot like last year when the Bucks like played nobody, and but the Cavs are in that spot now. We're like, what? There's no like reason to risk like Donovan Mitchell turning an ankle a week before the playoffs, yeah, especially against that, the Hornets. That, yeah, that and like that sucks. Like I, I, I think if from like a fan perspective, if you go into that game, you're. It, I understand it's still fan appreciation day, and you might get some free stuff. That sucks. Like that does suck, but it's also just like this. I understand why the teams would just be like, hey, like not risking Darius Garland rolling his ankle or getting hit in the face again a week before we start the playoffs. One question before we finish, since FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of Locked On, what do you think will be the best prop for Cavs Magic Thursday night? I hope to God there's like Robin Lopez one and a half like three pointers like made. I need it like that. That's the game prop that I would I would be like just riding the over just for fun. Or like first basket's always like a fun promo for them. I would do like Robin Lopez first basket if it's like plus two thousand or something stupid. Just ride the vibe. He's Just in Orlando. He's he's within the the realm of Disney. Like this, that, that's the Robin Lopez's it's time to team, shine. It, that's his last team, man. He's gotta gotta go out with a bang. He's got to, He's he's near the house of mouse. Like Bob, maybe Bob Iger is gonna be there. He can just get real revved up about like shareholder. I don't know. Lots of thoughts. But, all right, that's gonna be it. Back after that game, I guess. Don't know. <laughs> Lord, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be an episode. All right, I'm Chris. That's Evan. Thanks again to Jake Stevens for producing. Back at your Friday. <laughs>